welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast, where a couple break down a movie thematically by month, and one of them dies a little each time. My name is Cindy, and I'm half dead. I'm, I'm Josh, and I am... Responsible. Yes. <laughs> uh, this month, our theme is uh, Stars of Stage and Screen. Is that what it was? Or... Yes. Yes, it, yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> we've watched Popcorn. We watched... Opera. Opera. I almost said Phantom, and I knew that was wrong. Which means today is week three. So is this Thanksgiving week, or is that the fourth week? It's, it's Thanksgiving week. I think it's this week. It's this week. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, now that that's done. <laughs> um, welcome to mm. Stage Fright. Checks notes. Stage Fright. Stage Fright week. Stage Fright week. Tell me about... Stage fright. Well, we have to go back and talk about the same year that we did for opera, because this came out the same year as opera. Okay. 1987. 1987. Tell me something about 1987 that we didn't already go over, not just two weeks before. Well, I'm just going to got to give you a rerun of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, when I was doing the notes, I thought um, I could do more 1987 facts. And, but why? But um, also, I have a finite amount of time in my life. Yeah. So I thought... <clears throat> recap. Let me just recap uh, in case you missed the opera episode. So 1987, Reagan publicly acknowledged the arms for hostage deal. I don't believe it's true in my heart, <laughs> but they tell me it's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That speech. Um, bedtime for Bonzo. Uh, AZT was approved for the treatment of HIV AIDS. And it remained so Three happened. Uh, Platoon won Best Picture. The Simpsons debuted on the Tracy Allman Show. Woo. Reagan challenged Gorbachev to tear down the wall. And Rick Astley released Never Gonna Give You Up. Uh, that was the year that we gained Michael B. Jordan. Not Michael Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. But world heavyweight champion Adonis Creed. Right. Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Kendrick Lamar and Karen Gillan. But we lost Liberace, Andy Warhol, Randolph Scott, Fred Astaire, Jackie Gleason, John Houston, and Lee Marvin. Oh, what a year for the um, losses. Yeah. So this movie came out in 1987 against opera, but also Angel Hearts, Bad Taste, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Creepshow 2, Dirty Dancing, Dolls, Evil Dead 2, The Gate, Hello Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. A lot of twos. Uh, it's Alive 3. Yay, Island of the Alive. Um, we're going to watch those probably for Father's Day this year coming. Uh, Lethal Weapon, Lost Boys, Monster Squad, Moonstruck, Near Dark, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream So Warriors. many of my favorites. Uh, so many good movies. Yeah. Predator, uh, Prince of Darkness, Robocop, The Running Man, The Stepfather, Street Trash, and Three O'Clock High. A lot of good 1987. 1987. What a year. Uh, I can't say it was a good year um, with Reagan in office, but for movies... What have we... Uh, Solid. Okay. Um, so you want to know more about uh, the old stage fright, huh? How long are we talking for this movie? Uh, Let's start there. Long. Okay. Long. How long? You know, the Italians in their long movies. Okay, so we're... Um, stage fright, a.k.a. Aquarius, a.k.a. Delirious. Okay. Is unrated, and it is a lengthy... One hour and 30 minutes long. Yes. <laughs> My favorite kind of movies. Um, it got an uh, Italian release August 21st of 1987, and it got an actual U.S. limited theatrical release um, May 26th of 1989. 
two, just shy two, just short of two years later. Um, if you remember back to the opera episode, opera didn't get a U.S. release until video in '91. Yes. So, like, even though these came out the same year in Italy, they, they would have felt very different, very far apart. Right. If you weren't in the know, okay. Um, it's like, oh, this is a new Dario Argento movie. This feels a lot like uh, Stage Fright. This is wild. They came out like basically side by side at the same almost. time. Uh, yeah. So I uh, found out that I've potentially been um, not speaking Italian well. Oh. Um, because I don't speak Italian. Yeah. Who who so finally who finally told us? I well, I heard, was listening to another podcast that I absolutely adore, and I heard them pronounce the director's name, and I was like, I think they're right, and I'm wrong. Oh, what is so it? it's directed by uh, I I've I've always said Michelle Suave because it's M I C H E L E, which is Michelle. Yes, but, but I heard it pronounced as Michele. Oh, that does sound a little more Italian than uh, Michele yeah. Suave. So I'm gonna go with Michele Suave. Okay, because that's fair. that sounds cooler. Yeah. Um, and if I'm wrong in I, either way, we've I tried apologize. it both ways. Um. We've talked about Suave before because he was the uh, half steel mask man who gave out the invites to the party in Demons. Okay. <laughs> and I fucking love Demons. Yes, you do. It's like, what if there was an Italian version of the Evil Dead in yes. a movie theater? Um, and he's directed a few movies, and I fucking love the movies. And yet he's you directed. didn't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> right. My terrible grasp God. of Italian. Um, so Our he started American yeah, public education. He started as an actor, most notably in like bit parts in movies like City of the Living Dead, see future episode about okay. Lucio Fulci, who I love. Um, and he became a second unit director and assistant director on movies like Tenebrae Phenomena, uh, and opera. So he was a second unit director on opera for Argento. He became like Argento's second union, second unit guy. Right. Okay. So you know what second unit does? I don't. So like in a lot, especially like movies of this size, you do a lot of, like, pickup shots. Okay. So the director's doing, like, stuff with the actors. And they need, like, insert shots. Or they need, gotcha. like, you know, Just sometimes second unit does, pedestrians like, Pedestrians you know, walking by. Yeah, or, like, stuff. you know, the external pieces of the car chases because the yeah. director's too busy doing, like, the actor The key stuff, scenes. Right? Okay. So that's what he does forever. He does, like, second unit stuff. And he ends up doing second unit directing on um, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen and The Brothers Grimm for Terry Gilliam. Okay. Um, oh, so he's mm-hmm. got some chops there. Yeah, and he does a Blade in the Dark and Demons for Lamberto Baba. <laughs> so not only is he in Demons, he's the assistant director on okay. Demons for uh, Lamberto Baba, son of famed filmmaker. Mario Baba. Mario Baba. Mario, Mario Baba. <laughs> um, and basically because he was doing all this stuff, um, he got the go ahead to like, let's let you, let's do, let you do a movie. Like, you've earned it. So he does this. And then he follows this with... Um, Demons 3, which is known as The Church, and I know that movie has, people don't like it, okay. because it's like, not a demon sequel, technically, it was like a, it was a different movie that they were like, if they we should, name it Demons old, 3, yeah, like the Mary, they, did, they gave it the Mary Lou uh, But like, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, uh, if you divorce Demons 3, aka The Church, from like the Demons franchise, it fucking rules, it's like a good movie. Uh, and then he did Cemetery Man, um, wild, wild 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 Cemetery Man, um, which we will maybe watch for February if we do some sort of like love story horror, like or like a, a corpse fucking movie. Uh oh, you know he started thinking about things. 
So maybe we'll come back to Cemetery Man. Mm-hmm. It's actually getting like a proper release too, which I'm excited for. Um, so it's written by George Eastman, uh, who also plays Irving Wallace in the mask scenes. So okay, so have to remember that. Spoiler alert. There's, there's a mask. There's to be a man in a mask. And it's a fucking incredible mask. Okay. Uh, so yeah. And um, the dialogue is by Sheila Goldberg. Okay. Because this is a super Italian movie. Someone wrote a script Sheila and then gave it to someone to be like, write the dialogue, write in like the American bits. And that, oh, that's a job? Yeah. Or it was a job, I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, there was, there used to be a job in Italian filmmaking where it's like the people who dubbed. Right. They would have to go through the lines and figure out like lines of dialogue that would match the story beats, but also match what the actors were saying. Why don't they just hire actors that, well, never mind. Because they were just like, you know, oh, to capture sound in the wild. Like, it's Italian. The time filmmaking is bananas, right? Um, Okay, so So I'm learning. It's produced by famed, uh, famed exploitation filmmaker, Joe D'Amato. Okay. Joe D'Amato, who did just bananas. He's like, the sleazy Roger Corman of Italian filmmaking. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, and then we've got, on cinematography, we've got Ren- uh, Renato Tafari, who I mention only because he was the second unit director of photography on opera. Opera. Shooting scenes for opera. Okay. With Suave. And he was like, hey, are you want to go essentially make a very similar movie with me? Yes, As the actual director of photography. Um. And just a couple quick cast members before we get into the meat and potatoes of this. So we've got David Brandon as Peter. He's your American British person, you know, who actually right. is the English speaker in the film. We've got Richard Berkeley as Dr. Porter. We've got Barbara Capista as Alicia. She was uh, Signora Albertini in opera. Okay. So a lot of opera connections, if you've not picked up on that. Uh, yeah, quite a few, I see. Uh, and Clayne Parker is playing Irving Wallace. Okay, Irving Wallace. In the unmasked scenes, if you will. All right. So. Is it time? It's time. It's time. This is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original <laughs> poster of the movie. Really excited for you to see this and poster. And I try to predict it's very what colorful. the plot will be. It's Here we colorful. go. And now this just says Aquarius. So this is the Italian. Uh, <laughs> there are three heads in a fish tank. And someone is breaking the fish tank to release the heads, I guess. Okay. Um, so, Star of Stage and Screen, Aquarius. I'm going to say this is about a mad magician, a magician okay. that has some sort of underwater stunt and it's going awry. And there's. A good guy and a bad guy. And the good guy doesn't have a mask and the bad guy has a mask. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my guess is this movie is going to be uh, a lower budget working man's version of opera. <laughs> Got it. Okay. It's different, but... It's different, but it's not. It's a reason these movies are very intrinsically connected. Okay. I'm just right. going to say that. So, so where can we watch this movie, this film? If you, um, you know, I think it's on Shudder. Actually, weirdly, I don't own the Blu-ray for opera, but I own the Blu-ray for this. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't ever doubt when, that when we don't have When faced with like, the options of like, you know, which do you own? I own the sleazier of the two. Um, it's also on Pluto TV. It's on Tubi. Nice. So you can watch this for free. I think it's also on Shutter. Okay. It's worth it. This movie is a lesser version of No, 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 opera? no. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I actually think I like it more than opera. Okay. Um it's a like opera tries to be very highbrow at times. This movie is like this is what it is. Like mm, we know what okay. you came for. Okay. Well, we're off. It's got a better bad guy too. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. watched stage fright and no i don't know why it was maybe called aquarius or deliria doesn't make any sense to me Del- I, deliria i watched the, i watched the movie and i enjoyed it and i have no idea what that poster meant none Did, none takes, of that poster made it takes sense. place during the age of aquarius is that truly why they called it that i don't know oh. but do you remember the oh, song no no the, obviously the song but do you remember the fox tv show that starred david duchovny that he was like a cop or an fbi dude in the wake of the manson murders that they were like it's called no. the show was called the age of aquarius <laughs> just no every time i hear that song or someone says that i think about the the short-lived weird like six episode run of david duchovny show where they use i think they use that song 
and like ads for it if i remember correctly gotcha so it's linked forever in your that's head. how my brain works All looking right. at you david duchovny you should you went to the well one too many times you played an fbi agent perfectly and for then should several years away. you should have just left it alone fox Mulder. left it alone david but, we know you're listening I also love you. Reach out. Reach out. It was a bold move to do Red Shoe Diaries. (laughs) It was a bold move, sir. This is what we came here to hear. Yeah, we're here to party. Uh, Okay, so let's talk about stage frights now that I've got to talk about Fox Mulder, Age of Aquarius TV show, and uh, Red Shoe Diaries. What do you got? Tell me what happened in this movie. Uh, Stage Fright is a movie that happened before the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire uh, incident because all the doors lock from the outside with a key. Uh, Everyone is locked in. Nobody gets... (laughs) The main crux of the movie is that everyone is locked in a soundstage that a uh, maniac is loose, killing everyone. Fiend. While they're rehearsing like a musical. Well, what a, it's a ballet, but like, well, it's whatever. Like, people are trapped in a soundstage, and uh, a, ma- a a masked killers are on the loose. So okay, and a, they're all locked inside. A mask. What kind of mask was he wearing? An owl mask. A big fucking owl An mask. Owl mask. Uh, which is bet really you, creepy, bet you weren't thinking actually, owl mask, right? Does it look like the feathered creature in the poster? No, no, it does not. It, it looks. It, uh, it's, it's totally way, different. It's way too large. It was comparatively to the actor's body. It yeah, there's no way that he could have done half the uh, aerobatic uh, aerobic. Wait, that's not the word. Um, the, the the way that he like climbs and flies around. There's no way he could have done that. Well, In to that be fair, big ass, it was like a hood. A lot of the time where we see him like doing like the crazy acrobatic stuff. Thank it, you. It Acrobatics is, a, is it, the word I was thinking. It is a gay man in there. <laughs> so you know he could do it who's playing the character before our psychopath gets in and takes over the role. Right. But I'm going to read, I'm going to read you the IMDb. That synopsis. is true. That's, that is part of the movie. I'll read you the short one. And I'll read you the long one. I think mine was spot um, on. I don't think I so missed a thing. Here's the short one. A group of stage actors lock themselves in a theater for a rehearsal of their upcoming musical production. They don't lock themselves. They're forced. They, they don't have a choice. Uh, unaware that an escaped psychopath has sneaked into the theater with them. Sneaked. Um, sneaked or snuck? Sneaked. Sneaked is probably acceptable, but... Snuck? I feel like snuck, yeah. Oh, well, continue. Uh, The longer one is, while rehearsing musical play in a theater, the dancer Alicia twists her ankle and the costume designer Betty drives her to a nearby hospital. However, the place is a mental institution, but a doctor treats Alicia's ankle. Um, Okay, so I'm going to pause because we talked about this very openly when we were watching the movie. Yes. Yes, this movie centers on one dancer who has a sprained ankle, who gets talked into leaving by what I'm guessing is clearly a German actress playing the uh, wardrobe lady who takes her to the, quote, hospital down the street, which is a mental institution. Right. Um, Uh, Because a doctor is a doctor. And then... um, They (laughs) argue with the nurse who's played by the lady... um, What was her name? Um... Sheila Goldberg, the one who wrote the dialogue for the movie. Okay. You know, it was like, here's the English. Right. Uh, she's playing that nurse who's like, get the fuck out of here, basically. Yeah, she's like, we, there's nothing we can do for it. Hurt ankle. Um, like, this is a mental pain. And is then a mental the decision. psychiatrist shows up and is basically like, 
yes, I will wrap your leg because then I can feel you up. And he does. He's so grossly like rubbing all over. Yes. Now I need to, I need to preface this. Um, not because of the, the weird gropiness of him, Ugh. but just like his awkward, like, Touching. Oh, that's the, that's the famed psychopath. Irving Wallace. Like, oh, yeah, he some was exposition a, that he, didn't like, matter. He, like, totally gives you the thing of, like, he chopped people in a stage play to pieces, and now he's here. Like, we were joking that, like, if you did a remake of this, that should be played by Paul Shear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that should be Paul Shear. That should be. Uh, okay, so back to, this, back to the synopsis. Uh, they return to the theater, but the dangerous psychopath Irving Wallace escapes hidden in Betty's car. None of that matters. He kills what Betty outside What matters is that the he's theater. in that theater. Yeah. And Alicia finds her body. They summon the police, and the director decides to promote the play using the press and supported by the producer Ferrari. He rewrites the screenplay and casts six actors and actresses to immediately rehearse the opening night, promising additional payment. Um, he locks them in, and Irving Wallace is in there, and will anyone survive the serial killer? What? The, the answer is one person. Yeah, the lady who has the twisted ankle, who by the end was just fine. So this is who couldn't a... go with them to the office. I, could, I wouldn't be able to make it. And then is like climbing through the rafters. But I have continue. a theory. You that have a theory. She was healed through the power of adrenaline off the ladder. <laughs> it knocked her ankle into place. No, have you ever like hurt yourself and then you hurt another part of your body and that hurts so much more you stop paying attention to the initial thing that hurt you i guess that wouldn't doesn't mean that i would stop limping we call that the major pain factor like Remember i would in, still in limp i just wouldn't be paying attention to it and when he's like ah i'm hurting ah and major pain's like let me see your hand and he breaks his finger and he's like ah you broke my fingers like, not thinking about your leg <laughs> that's ridiculous so yes this movie is ridiculous. a very traditional slasher that I enjoy. They do this thing where they're like, unlike opera, that's got like British actors, German actors, class, Italian actors. This ain't got no class. This movie is all Italians. Um, they do the thing that I love when Italian horror films and like European films in general do, where they're like, what if we rented some American police uniforms? Because low-key, I love those two cops that are outside being ridiculous. Um, and then we put American cops outside, and everyone's just speaking in dubbed English. Yep. And yep. then we just put up, like, an American stop sign. Yep. And then we're like, fuck it, this is in America. <laughs> yeah. And it's clearly not, and I'm here for it. Like I said, it was before the Triangle um, Shirtwaist fire, because that is a massive law here in if yeah, you're gonna call it America. Clearly, you can't be locked in a fucking building. Clearly in a police car. <laughs> Yes. That is not an American model police Correct. Car. That an American car, uh, pl- that an American police force would never use ever. No. Um, Especially because, like, the American <laughs> police cars are so universally. Do you know what I mean? Like, the Crown Vic, or you know, in that di- in those days, that big square. Yeah. <laughs> those big or, square cars. Thanks to RoboCop. In my head, they're always four Tauruses. Oh yeah. They were always four Tauruses in the RoboCop movies. Um, yeah, but Crown Vics are like traditionally the the police car mm-hmm. of choice for fascism. Um, but basically, they're rehearsing this play, and then Alicia, who went to get help, gets fired, but then kind of rehired, but not rehired, but kind of rehired. She ends up getting trapped inside. And then, of course, the... I don't um, think she was rehired. I think he just kept her there the to be an asshole. Irving Wallace character comes on stage as the owl man, 
and promptly mm-hmm. kills the lady that the mm-hmm. director gave the key to the door and was like, hide this? Why? I don't know. And so for the rest of the movie, no one can get out. until the end of the movie, no one knows where that fucking key is. No one can get in so and no one can get out. It turns into a series of uh, hijinks. escalated oh. hijinks and kills. Yep. Uh, my favorite of which is probably the drill through the door. The drill through the door. Yeah, that's a good one. I also enjoy how the director dies, where he chainsaws his arm off, and then the chainsaw right. dies. So he takes the chainsaw and throws it down, and takes the axe out of just his sawed-off yeah, arm, yep. and then cuts his head off like a yep. golf club. Yep. Um, if you thought opera was too highbrow, <laughs> if you were like. But opera's like there's crows. It's too and symbolic like doing and fancy. Opera, and it's like I don't know, man. It's kind of slow. And there's like we're getting into the psychology of this lady, and like is she a psychopath? And like this cop's got like his eyes plucked, his one eye plucked out by a crow. And there's this weird psychosexual shit. There's a lot to there's, there's none a lot of, of that moving in this. parts. None, none of, of those th- moving parts are in this movie. None of that. There are no crows. Worry not, young one. But but let's do this real fast. Yes, let's. I don't think you could talk about this movie and not talk about opera, especially since we watched them so close together and they came out in the same year. They share so much of the same cast and crew. Yes, we talked about that in the front half. <laughs> I know, but like... Like everybody was just a holdover. Yeah, so... I was worried about the thinness of the women actors, the women actors uh, in this one. They were insanely, like, anorexic thin. Ter- it was uncomfortable we call that cocaine darling yeah it was uncomfortable um, so let's similarities all right um other than that you know michele suave being the assistant director on opera and the director of this and then we talked about the you know the guy who shot this shot second unit on opera it's a whole thing the whole thing birds yes yeah there's a, a whole cage of crows there is a man in a giant owl mask mm-hmm. and a cat so animals loom large in both films uh, there, it's set up to be a slasher mm-hmm. where a series of people die. Mm-hmm. These are these are Giallo films, classic Giallo films. Both take place in a theater. Uh, opera is a beautiful theater where you could tell they got the building, but they didn't have the people to fill it, except for the scenes where they're like watching the show. Because like you pointed out, you're like, oh, the backstage area, like where they do the costumes, it's very large and very empty. Yeah. <laughs> like... Um, this movie, the theater is very small. It's very it's, shitty. There's no, there's no place for an audience to be, which was odd. It's, but it's that's cold. why they. It, do you think? Okay, do you think that's where they were opening the show, or where they were running it to open it somewhere that's, else? I think it was. Where, that's why they kept calling it like a sound stage, like a sound studio, to explain like, yeah, there's no reason. Like they're just here to dance, or they're here to practice before, yeah, taking it out onto a real stage. I, th- I, I think. I mean, there was no place for an audience on that in there at all yeah uh there's not there's no seats there's no nothing um but the back uh the backstage area was a lot more realistic than opera a lot more realistic yeah, very run down <laughs> everything's kind of collapsing it's raining inside everything's packed like there's, there's dry floor rods. to ceiling every, there's stuff everywhere there's um you know both movies do a lot with psychology you know we don't get a lot of psychology into the killer of opera because we don't, it's like, it's a mystery who it is. Yeah. For most of the movie. He's just an escaped convict. Um, you know, it's like, who's the guy 
Who's like, that guy? Who's tying her up and who's killing these people in front of her and oh. who's doing all these things? And it's like the psychology is really the lead actress who are thinking like, does she like this? Right. Why is she not going to the police? What's going on? This and, one, everyone's just trying to get out. In this, it's like, it's so straightforward. It's like, okay, this guy literally uh, stole away in the car, mm-hmm. came in, started killing everyone. Everyone knows who he is. <laughs> like, yep. at no point is anyone like, who's here? And they're all like, yeah, so there's Irving Wallace, the, the yeah. guy who chopped those people up. <laughs> He's here. Yep. And um, it just becomes I thought a his backstory would be more important than it was. Nope. It is not. Not at not all. Not important at all. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a moment where he talks or why he explains what he does. No, and he's in Unlike that mask the whole time. Opera, right? Like yeah. well, there's a few scenes of him out of the mask. But mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we don't we only have two scenes of the killer right. in full view, really, in opera. Correct. He's basically Michael Myersing or for Jason Voorheesing this movie. He's in the whole thing. I guess because the one in this was the mask was so fucking huge. It's like it, it took away from the spookiness of it at all. I mean, I still think it's a spooky mask and I think this movie has it was more too mascotty. Scares? Does that make sense? No, I get that. I think this movie has more scares than opera does. Okay. I think there were more jump scares. I think there were more moments that, that made you jump. Than in opera, because okay. like, I don't remember anything in opera. You were like, where you were like, oh no, like there were a few there shots were a few in this in movie this where you're like, oh shit, yes. Uh, and no, and I that. think this movie, my favorite shot of the movie, is when they, you know, they're running around chasing uh, Irving Wallace through the catwalk, you know, yeah, and they go into that room at the end of the catwalk where it's up near the ceiling near the and roof. then he pulls that lady down through the hole and she gets and, and ripped cuts in, her half? in half which how I does that happen i don't know but i'm here for it how does that happen so her boyfriend and father of her now dead child oh yeah also been cut in twain <laughs> um oh, god he jumps down into the hole which is filled with water and right. then there's a shot where he's like looking and then Irving Wallace with that fucking owl mask just oh, runs yeah. out of the dark with like, that a got fucking me. chainsaw. And it's like, <laughs> so that fucking ruled. Yeah, that got me. <laughs> that, that was awesome. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's mm. almost like the same movie in a lot of ways, except one, it's like a, the highbrow horror version where someone was like trying to take it very seriously and it's elegant. A film. And it's, you know, Film noir versus like, oh, this is just a slasher film. And this is just, like, literally a first film. Like, this is Suave's first. And he was even like, I don't think I'm ready. And they're like, you're ready. He was ready. And he was. They ready. So, I just, yeah. Fun movie. And uh, it, we find that the key is wedged in the stage. Yes. And so she how, has to. When, how when, did it get there? Who knows? Don't worry about it. kills. Don't worry about it. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Right? Irving Wallace kills everyone. Uh, through various means of like cutting people in half, cutting people's heads off, chainsawing people, uh, knifing that woman in the shower that he chainsawed earlier, um, the drill through the door, all that shit. He takes all the bodies and he displays them yeah. on the stage. Oh, yeah. Uh, and throws like feathers all over them. No idea why. And Don't worry about it. He's a crazy person. Yeah. And there's no rhyme or reason. And then he just kind of like blares music and falls asleep in a chair. Yep. Until and she, she has to go get the key from under the stage. Why? She couldn't just wait it out. I don't know. Uh, yeah. 
And there's the classic Italian shot of her, like, running towards the door with the key outstretched. It made no sense. uh, Yeah. It was almost like an anime. And then she's, like, trying to unlock it, and then he chases her over the catwalk. It's a whole thing. Um, She... This movie does do... the Okay, opera and stage fright also share the false ending, where in opera... Oh, yeah. He burns himself alive, and she maybe shoots him, and they're like, it was a dummy. Um, in this, she returns to the scene of the crime she to, goes get back her to get her beloved watch, her gold watch. She's poor. She's a, she's a poor person. That watch. She was like, I could pawn this for like rent. I guess. And she is now the only living person from that nightmare, and she's definitely lost that job. She t- yeah, she takes a cab, so uh, to go get her watch back. Um, and surprise, they do the thing where they're like, yeah, they the the dude that ran the building who left the night before mm-hmm. he was like oh you took the gun but like it didn't oh yeah there like, was a gun the thing with we it. forgot about that like you didn't cock it you didn't like chamber around um and he's like yeah they found seven bodies and then she like pieces together while she's looking for a there watch. should like, have been eight. eight and then he just appears and the guy the black dude shoots him in the head and then keeps he saying will. i shot him in the head yeah right between the eye right between the eyes why like did I said he say I that so much i don't know <laughs> it's i don't know it was weird but okay. and then she leaves hysterical mm-hmm. and then <laughs> we see irving wallace look at the grin camera, wink and it's very much like these people don't die like <laughs> michael jason freddie all these like guys they never die they're never dead they was there a sequel to this or at any like no because they did you're right like it they set been. it up there to be a, okay but like that there that's the thing like a lot of these italian Films were like one-offs. I mean, there was like sequels to things like Demons, Demons 2, Demons 3, a.k.a. The Church that uh, Suave directed. But they would be like set in the same world or the same rules or the same cast playing different parts. Like there was rarely like a direct continuation. Like That's a very American thing. Yeah. <laughs> like what if it picked up oh, imagine three that, minutes after what, the first Something capped. <laughs> capitalistic what that's american <laughs> what that's not a trade that the rest of the world has what if we started halloween 2 by reshooting the end of halloween and then picking up from there what if? from different angles um so yeah that's definitely more of an american thing so like you know all these great giallos um these guys made like especially like argento he did like sequels but they would be thematic sequels like he did suspiria which we watched but then he did t- um Oh, Lord. I just blanked on the other two. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, Suspiria God. and... I almost said Tenebrae, but Tenebrae is not one of them. It's... Um, Suspiria and... Stop, 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 stop. I can even see the ending with, like, the skeleton person. Oh, this is going to fucking kill me. But it's the same with, like, Fulci's um, trilogy that started with, like, Save the Living Dead. Like, you do these movies, and then they have, like, a thematic link, but they're not, like, a sequel with the same characters. Often, again... Out of the same actors, mm. just playing different people, <laughs> because they were like, "Oh, this person's easy to work with, and they're not a nightmare, or they'll let me do crazy things to them." <laughs> like Fulci's like, "Yeah, uh, why don't we hire the guy that like fought a shark for me on screen? Because that guy he, fought, fought a, fought a shark, shark for me. me. Yeah. I'll do whatever I want him to." Um, so there you go. So I don't know. I liked I, this movie. I liked it. I, I liked it. This was fun. Now, did you like not it what I expected? More or less than opera, though. Do you go the high road or the low road on this one? I guess you have to wait for till the uh, end of the month to find out. Well, 
played. Nice. Uh, speaking of which, what are we watching next week, dear? Uh, we are going to mm. uh, watch Fade to Black. Fade to Black. What year did that come out? I think 80. Nice. nice. So that's a thing. How long are we talking? It's like an hour and 40 some minutes. So, um, Hour 40 some is usually Josh speak for like two hours. No, I think it's an hour 42. 42. Okay. I can't remember exactly. But how, let me ask you the standard questions here. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite moment or favorite kill from this? The movie? drill. That's pretty good. The drill was interesting because, uh, you know, they definitely you're like, oh, he, when he's going to look for weaponry, he does zero in on the drill. And you're like, oh, well, that's coming into play. Not the way I thought. Not the he. It was used not in the way I thought it would, would yep. be. Would you watch this with your kids? Sure. With your... I don't think they would watch. I mean, again, the pacing is kind of slow. I think they could do that. Well, I don't, I don't think the youngest would like it. No. But I think the oldest would enjoy this one, maybe maybe uh your mom uh this would be a good slasher to watch with the old folks yes this would be a good the one. old folks because your mom is representative of all yes people. she is um, um i i have to do this real fast because i have to draw attention to as much as this movie is dubbed mm-hmm. i enjoyed the shit out of the dialogue so um if you look at is this movie an exploitation film it's got action mm-hmm it's i mean there's a lot of killings it's revolutionary and the oh, fact yeah. that it takes this this goofy premise with this goofy mask and is able to sell it i think killings um oratory ora fucking tory mm. there are lines in this movie that are dubbed very very funny that are hilarious like you know go back to, well do you want you go back to selling your ass at the men's uh, bathroom at the bus station yeah <laughs> it's like god damn yeah that's an insult that the lady throws at a guy at a gay dude yeah um fantasy yes fornication yes this god damn this movie is fucking fun um i want to give a special shout out to the cops outside <laughs> the old cop who's like oh the old irish cop he's like i'm just eating my food you young piece of shit like yep. to that younger guy yep who the younger cop is mckelly suave Okay. The director of the film. Oh, nice. <laughs> you think I look like James Dean? Yeah, that's him. <laughs> no. Who uh, was Metal Mask Man in Demons. Okay. Remember the he was handing out the things at the beginning of the movie of Demons? Yes. Anyway. Next week, we're watching, you said, Fade to Black. Yes. All right. We are, indeed. So until next week, I'm Josh and I'm Cindy and I'm still his girlfriend and I'm still breathing. We'll fix it next week. <laughs>